Welcome back to TanakhCast. This is episode 202. We'll continue in the book of Job with a brief summary of chapters 12 through 15 and follow with some thoughts about silencing speech. This somewhat orderly debate between Eov and his friends happens in rounds. Chapter 11 concluded one round where each speaker had an opportunity to lay out their arguments. Over the next three chapters, Eov will respond to the arguments, both implicit and explicit, of his friends and direct some of his remarks heavenwards as well. One of the themes that the friends kept bringing up was wisdom and how they speak with it and for it. Eov claps back, quote, Oh yes, you are the people, and with you wisdom will die, but I too have a mind like you. I am no less than you, and who does not know such things? And he's not done, quote, A laughingstock to his friend I am, who calls to his God and is answered. A laughingstock of the blameless just man. Eov counters the claim made by each of the friends about seeking God's forgiveness and getting it. Quote, the tenets of despoilers are tranquil, provokers of El are secure, whom God has led by the hand. In other words, the righteous have no guarantee of tranquility or security. Only God is wise, only God knows, and God's knowledge and strength are manifest in the world. But how does the world work? Quote, he destroys and there is no rebuilding, closes in on a man, leaves no opening. And Eov brings more receipts. Quote, he leads counselors astray and judges he drives to madness. He undoes the sash of kings and binds a loincloth around their waist. He leads priests astray, the mighty he misleads. He takes away speech from the trustworthy and sense from the elders he takes. He pours forth scorn on princes and the belt of the nobles he slackens. In chapter 13, Eov puts his peers in their place alongside him. Quote, As you know, I too know. I am no less than you. Except that Eov, with the same knowledge and beliefs, has come to a different conclusion and a different purpose. Quote, I would speak to Shaddai, and I want to dispute with God. And yet, you plaster lies. You are all quack healers. Would that you fell silent, and this would be your wisdom. Eov is confident that God can see through their ass-kissing and will call them out, quote, Will not his majesty strike you with terror and his fear fall upon you? He is undeterred, quote, Why should I bear my flesh in my teeth and my life-breath place in my palm? Look, he slays me, I have no hope, yet my ways I'll dispute to his face. Eov wants a fair hearing, but these are the terms, quote, Just two things do not do to me. Then would I not hide from your presence. Take your palm away from me, and let your dread not strike me with terror. Call, and I will reply, or I will speak and answer me. He concludes the chapter by portraying himself as a victim, persecuted and hounded by God. The last verse, quote, A man wears away like rot, like a garment eaten by moths, provides a segue into chapter 14, where Eov bemoans the fate of all humans. Quote, Man born of woman, Scant of days and sated with trouble, like a blossom he comes forth and withers, and flees like a shadow, he will not stay. This mood evokes Rutger Hauer's death monologue in Blade Runner. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> Attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. 
I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. All those moments will be lost in time. Like tears. Is there hope for Eov? Is there hope for any of us? Eov says at first, no. Quote, For a tree has hope, though cut down, it can still be removed, and its shoots will not cease. Though its roots grow old in the ground, and its stalk die in the dust, from the scent of water it flowers, and puts forth branches like a sapling. But a strong man dies defeated, man breathes his last, and where is he? But then Eov changes his answer, quote, All my hard service days I shall hope until my vanishing comes. But then... Is that your final answer? Yes, it is. And it's an emphatic no. Quote, Water wears away stones, its surge sweeps up the dust of the earth, and the hope of man you destroy. Chapter 15 begins the next round of responses from Eov's friend Eliphaz. Who speaks first, again? If anything has changed with Eliphaz, it's his tone. Whereas he was more conciliatory and positive in the first time around, now he's impatient and harsh. He did not like hearing how he and his friends are characterized and dissed, nor did he care for Eov's take on how God works in the world. Quote, Your own mouth condemns you, not I, and your lips bear witness against you. Are you the first man to be born before the hills where you spawned? Did you listen at God's high council, take away wisdom for yourself? What do you know that we don't know, understand that is not with us? Because what you think you know about God's justice is sedition and heresy, and your belief that somehow the wicked prosper and is just plain wrong. Quote, all the wicked man's days he quakes. And the few years are set aside for the tyrant. The sound of fear is in his ears, and peacetime the despoiler overtakes him. Is this meant to console Eov or twist the knife even more? We'll only know when Eov responds in the next episode. We've heard for quite some time that the discourse is coarsened. We have nobody in Washington that sits back and said, you're not going to raise that f***ing price. You understand me? Or that in politics, we just talk past each other. Will you Who shut is up, man? Or how on social media platforms, how we talk to each other has deteriorated to exchanges of almost animal grunts followed by death threats. I'm of two minds on this business. On the one hand, I'd like to maintain civility and decorum and be able to talk to folks across the aisle or whatever metaphor you'd like to denote political difference. I, I tend to think it's important to hash out our differences about fundamental issues using our words, valid evidence, and logic. At least, I think that today. And I don't know if adhering to that stance identifies me politically this way or that, Partisans of many sides claim that they're all about words and evidence and logic, but there's so much evidence to the contrary. These are facts, and facts don't care about your feelings. Perhaps we've lionized civility and polite discourse because it veils or it tamps down or suppresses what we're really feeling. 
Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. So we can pretend that all the ugly thoughts and plans aren't really there and that we all respect each other's dignity and humanity. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. And we can all just get along and make hard decisions together about the future. It's going to be great. Except that there are some folks that don't respect each other's dignity and humanity. There are folks out there who don't acknowledge my humanity. And I present as a cisgender heterosexual white man. But then again, I, I'm a Jew. There are some days when I think we should just say the silent out loud. That way, we all know where we stand with each other and what we're really thinking. You know, there's a not small number of folks out there who are filled with rage and genocidal hatred, and given the chance, would probably act on it, or at least cosplay it. We're storming the Capitol! It's a revolution! And what would talking to those folks, like, actually do, actually accomplish? Well, a lot. Actually. But let me qualify that. Along that spectrum of opinion, amidst all those folks, mixed in amidst all the yelling and hand-waving, there's a not small amount of genuine pain and suffering. And if we could somehow filter out all the grifters and opportunists, we might actually get to the root of the matter and address the grievance. Because fundamentally, we all want to be heard and respected and treated with dignity. But to get to that place where we can hear and respect and treat with dignity, someone who 10 seconds before was spitting in my face, that takes a lot of energy and bandwidth. And yes, for now, it has to be us that behaves like the grown-up, but we can hope that eventually that too will be reciprocated. Reciprocity is something that definitely doesn't happen in this episode's portion of Job. Eov has a lot to say. He has aired his grievance, and it was done with a modicum of respect and a lot of sincerity. He leveled no ad hominem attacks, nor did he resort to foul language, because the moment Iov would have dropped that F-bomb or S-bomb or whatever bomb to describe the fundamental injustice he's experienced, as if the Tanakh would record such colorful language, you could easily see Eliphaz just dismiss it out of hand. You know, the potty mouth, oh my goodness and all the while sidestepping the matter at hand. Incidentally, whenever you come across someone who clutches their pearls at a swear word uttered in the condemnation of injustice, it's usually because they have nothing else to say about all the other words that happen to have more than four letters. As I said, chapter 11 concludes one round where each speaker has an opportunity to lay out their arguments. Did Eliphaz think that Eov was just going to give in just like that? After everything he suffered, would hearing his friends siding with God so sheepishly convince him that he got what he deserved? Clearly not. So in this second round, Eov expands the argument. He responds to each friend and addresses his comments heavenwards as well. So you'd think that when the friends have an opportunity to respond to his response, something would shift. Except Eliphaz doesn't bring anything new to the conversation. All he seems to be doing is saying the exact same things again, but this time louder and angrier. Which I guess on some cable news channels is an effective technique, but in the Tanakh, eh, not so much. 
And it's not like Eliphaz is saying it again, but louder, because perhaps Eov didn't hear it properly the first time, but this time, hearing it again and louder will convince Eov about the errors of his ways. Eliphaz is clearly trying to beat Eov down and silence him. Much of what Eliphaz says is directed at Eov's words, quote, Your own mouth condemns you, not I, and your lips bear witness against you. Indeed, what Eliphaz implies here is that in addition to all of Eov's unnamed but clearly obvious sins, his words have added an additional sin to the list. Which is an interesting thing to consider. I mean, I guess he's not wrong. Words have consequences. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. I mean, they do, right? Things that a person says in a particular moment to another person can have implications in the here and now. We're storming the Capitol! It's a revolution! Despite Plato, who envisioned the aristocracy censoring speech for the benefit of the masses and society, most democratic countries allow freedom of speech to varying degrees. There's broad agreement between, say, American and Canadian jurisprudence about what I'm allowed or not allowed to say. I cannot say something libelous about someone or steal their intellectual property. And, of course, I cannot use my speech to incite folks to acts of violence. But is Eov doing any of that here? Could what he's saying about the injustice he's suffering be regarded as hate speech? And who's hearing Eov's words at this moment besides the people who patently disagree with him? It's like a hateful tree falling in the forest and no one's around to hear it spout hate. Would it still make a sound? And even if it did, what real difference would it make to the forest of the unmoved? Eliphaz said what he did to silence Eov, but Eov will not shut up. And if he did, the book of Job would end on this stifling note. Alas, we have many more chapters to go before silence returns. But for now, we'll have to wait to hear Eov's reply in the next episode. Like we hear today, spread the word about Tanakhcast. Tell a friend about Tanakhcast over coffee. Send another friend an email or text. Nothing fancy. Help your aunt who just got her first smartphone to download a podcatcher and subscribe to Tanakhcast. And if you have a spare moment after all that, write a brief glowing review at Apple Podcasts. Apparently, it helps people who might be interested in a little Bible learning vibe this podcast. And it's also a nice thing to do. If you want to help in an even bigger way, support us at Patreon. Just search for TanakhCast at Patreon.com and pledge your shekels either on a one-time or monthly basis and receive special blessings from the Most High. I thank you in advance for that and encourage you to join us again in two weeks for episode 203 when we continue in the book of Job with chapters 16 through 19.